there, this is Jen Wade, part of the core team here at Springs Church. We just want to say thank you so much for joining us and listening to our podcast. We are praying that it encourages you and it inspires you. And if you'd like to find out more about Springs Church, please visit our website, springschurch.co.uk. Here's today's message. Um, the wonderful Sam Wright is actually leading worship this evening up at Eve Lane. Um, and so Joe stepped in. To, uh, to lead worship absolutely wonderfully. Thank you so much, Joe. We appreciate you very, very much. I'm going to put a timer on my phone because apparently we've got somewhere to be. And uh, I'll make sure we get through this evening nice and rapido. Good afternoon, good evening. I never know which quite one to go with. When officially does the evening start? Is it five o'clock? Half five? Okay, because it's 5.01. So I think it's good evening. Um, for those of you that don't know, my name is Ben. It's wonderful to be with you this afternoon. I am uh, one of the leaders here at Springs, um, along with my wife, uh, Jen, who runs all manner of things across church. If you need to know calendar dates or organizational things, my wife is the person to speak to. Um, I'm just going to pray, and then I'm going to talk you through another name of God this afternoon. Lord, I pray that you would be with us this afternoon as we, as we speak together, Lord, I pray that you would speak to our hearts, that we might understand a little bit more about you, and that we might know you a little bit more, that we might love you a little bit more. In your name, amen. Amen. So this is part two of our series, God Has a Name. Pete did an incredible job last week introducing this series and introducing us to uh, the name Jehovah Nissi, which I'll talk about a little bit more later on. Please go and find that on YouTube, the messages up on YouTube, or if you search Springs Church Gornal, wherever you get your podcasts, it will come up on there as well. So please take a listen to that. I don't know if you're aware, but in the Bible there were actually many different names given for God. Many of these words that we eventually translated into English in what was called the King James Version of the Bible, these just came down and boiled down to the word God for us. But actually, in the original language, these names were quite varied and very different. Um, I'm sure we've all had nicknames throughout our life. Unfortunately, I don't have a nickname as dramatic as Pete being called Thor um, because he slammed a coffee mug down. I still don't know the physics of how the coffee mug didn't break. Yeah, I'm, I'm calling you bluff here, mate. Quality mug. Oh, weak smash and Thor maybe wasn't. <laughs> of course, um, I, my, my nicknames at school were mainly hair-related. Um, so the, the one I was proudest of was Paul Scholes. I um, absolutely smashed it in the year eight inter-house football competition. And so I was given the name Scholesy. Unfortunately, the comparison didn't last very long. I had an absolute shocker in the next game. So uh, we decided I was more Steve Sidwell than Scholes, if anyone knows their naughties football. Um, in my job as a primary school teacher, um, I, I often have to lead singing assemblies, which is essentially me singing in front of 300 children while they look like they're singing, which has <laughs> which is actually up with the name at work of Ed Sheeran. So um, they're mostly hair-related themes for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, trying. <laughs> so in this series, we're looking at different names um, for God beginning, all of these names, beginning with the word, the word Jehovah. As Pete explained last week, these are completely unrelated to thinking today when we think about things such as Jehovah's Witnesses. We are a, a Bible-believing, Jesus-following, Pentecostal church, and this word Jehovah actually has a really important meaning in the Old Testament. So this name Jehovah was so important for these people 
it was actually forbidden to be written down for many, many years. This word Jehovah uh, or um, Yehovah, if we don't pronounce our J's as they would have done in that time, and some people translated that as similar words like Yahweh. These words were only passed along verbally. So for many generations, these words weren't even allowed to be written down. So I guess the question over this series, over the next eight or nine weeks, when we're looking at these names of God, if this is the most holy name that we have for God, what does God mean to us when he is at his most holy? Our story picks up today, and we're going to look at a name uh, in the Bible, in the second book of uh, the Bible. It's called the book of Exodus. And Exodus is the story of a literal exodus. It is a mass departure of people. The story of the Israelites moving from slavery in Egypt. I think there's just a fight going on in the corner here. It's okay. Yeah, they're, uh, oh, it's okay. We've sorted it. Don't worry. The, uh, the story of, I didn't know whether to carry on then. I'll call it out. Anyway. <laughs> the, um, yes. The story of the, the Israelites physically going on an exodus, moving out of a country called Egypt where they were held as slaves and being taken into what they believed was their promised land of Israel. Now, I'm sure many of you have seen the Prince of Egypt from the 90s, and I need to call Pete out on something. Last week, Pastor Pete actually told you a lie. Pete said, and this is a direct quote because I've listened back, he said, the famous Disney movie, The Prince of Egypt. The Prince of Egypt, everyone, is a DreamWorks movie, not a Disney movie. So just in case anyone was trying to find it on their Disney Plus and it's not there, that's because it's not on there, guys. It's on your Amazon Prime. Um, I would encourage you to go and read this book for yourself, the book of Exodus. Uh, it's probably not best to base our Bible theology off a cartoon with some great songs. Uh, I would suggest you go and read this book yourself. We're going to pick up this week in the book of Exodus chapter 15. I'm going to talk to you first about chapter 14. Chapter 14 of this book is probably the most action-packed part of the Bible. In chapter 14, after many years of slavery, the Egyptian pharaoh, the Egyptian king prime minister, finally decides to let God's people go. At this point, he then the, the Israelites start to leave Egypt and Pharaoh changes his mind and says, I want to keep my slaves, I want to keep these people. And so the whole of Egypt charges after the nation of what will be Israel. Can you imagine like two whole countries, one running away, one, one, one running two? And at this point, God speaks to Moses and Moses parts the Red Sea with his staff. Um, and then, honestly, it's just the most action-packed um, chapter of the Bible you'll ever read. There's a pillar of fire. The fire slows down the Egyptian army. And then the Egyptians um, are actually decimated when God shuts the Red Sea on their own army. So we're now picking up in Exodus chapter 15. The Israelites have found themselves now wandering in the desert. If you know your sort of maps, it'll be in between Egypt and Israel, as we know today. We get this passage. Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the desert of Shur. For three days, they traveled in the desert without finding water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. This is why the place is called Marah, which in the ancient language meant bitter. So the people grumbled against Moses, saying, what are we to drink? And Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water, and the water became fit to drink. There the Lord issued a ruling and instruction for them and put them to the test. He said, if you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep his decrees, I will not bring 
on you any of the diseases I brought upon the Egyptians, for I am Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals you. So today's name that we're going to unpack for the name of God is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals us. What a weird story to plant this name into. If you're going to go Jehovah Rapha, I would expect someone to be sick and, and, and get better. Maybe I'd expect someone uh, with some mental health issues or, or an emotional need. Uh, uh, um, but this just seems like God gave them water. Was he really healing them? These people weren't physically sick, but this nation of Israel at this time was twisted and bitter. Bitterness of the water was just a reflection of what Israel felt in their heart. They had just been part of the most incredible miracle to date, one of the most famous miracles that exists in the Bible. This country of people had just seen the Red Sea part with a pillar of fire behind them and the Red Sea close, and yet three days later, they find themselves bitter and twisted and grumbling. You see, this bitterness, God was trying to heal their hearts at this moment. He was Jehovah Rapha to their hearts. Slavery had become Israel's comfort zone. They knew what the day-to-day looked like. It, didn't, it wasn't pleasant and it wasn't nice, but at least it was comfortable. God is showing people that he would physically care for them in the desert. I will make the water fine. But he also wanted these people to be whole emotionally and spiritually. God can heal us and God wants to heal us spiritually, emotionally and physically. I know time and time again that God has healed in my own life personally. I've seen healing take many different forms and many different paths, but I can tell you absolutely that God still heals today. He still heals today. The promise that he gave Israel in the Old Testament is made whole through a person called Jesus that we'll unpack later on. And this is one that we can take personally today. So I've shared a couple of my stories before, but eight or nine years ago, um, just as we started Springs, I went through a really, really tough period of what, what in hindsight was properly crippling anxiety. Um, I was 21. I'd just started full-time teaching straight out of uni. Jen and I had just got married, um, and we'd just started Springs, all in the space of five months. Uh, my dad is a very wise man, and my dad says, Ben, you do one big life change a year, I did three in about three or four months. And I was consumed with these anxious thoughts. I was thinking things like, what if I don't know how to be a good husband? What if my wife really sees how selfish I can be? What if spring f- springs falls flat on its back? We've gone out on a limb here. If I have to go back, I'm going back to all my mates with my towel between my legs saying it didn't work. What if, what if we got it wrong? What if we weren't meant to start a church? And what if I can't be a good teacher? What if I can't cope with full-time work? It, was, it got to the point where I was being physically sick in the morning, um, just with the thought of, of what would happen for the rest of that day. It all came to a head on my 22nd birthday, March the 4th, 2015. Um, Jen and I had been married for just under a month. And... Um, what a start to our marriage. <laughs> my uh, my mum and dad came round and just everything came out, how I was feeling, how I couldn't cope with, with everything that was going on. And after lots of tears, I remember Jen and my mum praying over the situation. I can honestly say that God healed me from that anxiety. That was something that, that was removed from my life. It was something that changed instantly. 
Matthew 11, verse 28, Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I also am aware that God can physically heal us as well, as well as our mental health and our, our emotional health. Um, I was born with something called a duplex kidney system. Um, I don't want to turn this into a biology lesson or talk too much about kidneys. But um, the, uh, I was born with um, something that affects 1% of the population where I had um, two tubes coming out of one kidney that weren't quite uh, wide enough. And essentially, um, I was quite poorly as a boy. This is normally caught in ultrasounds when the child is not yet born. Unfortunately, mine wasn't picked up until I was about age three, three and a half. Um, and so, um, yeah, I was pretty ill as a child. Um, a quote from a family friend came to visit me in hospital. I was talking to them in the week, and she just said, you really were a poorly little boy. But God made my body. Did he make my body imperfect? That's a complex issue and not one that we haven't got time, we haven't got time to speak about tonight. I would say no. What he did do was give me a story that could bring praise to his name. After two successful surgeries and some time to heal up fully, I've had no further kidney issues since. And God held my mom and dad's hand through the hardest times. Just as I'd gone under for my first surgery, um, which was going to be about five or six hours, mom opened a Bible uh, and mom landed on Isaiah 41 verse 10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God created my body, your body, our body. And therefore, he is ultimately responsible for the healing that occurred in me. Just because a surgeon played his part doesn't remove any of the glory from God. Our church at the time, Calvary Church, absolutely incredible church, we had the pleasure of growing up in, uh, was going through a season of healing. We're going to put up on the screen now the newsletter that was sent out in uh, 1996, I think. Um, you'll notice me in the middle there, Benjamin Wade healed of kidney problems. Do you see about two-thirds of the way down, a miracle of God due to being born premature? That's Jake Allen, <laughs> who drummed for us this morning, this afternoon, this evening. Afternoon, evening, morning. But you can just see the list of things that were going on at church at the time. God still heals. God still heals, healed of an eye condition, healed of cancer of the brain, had two months to live, healed of a hernia, healed of diabetes, healed of a phobia of flying, now walking without sticks. God can still heal, and he still does today. The other time I've experienced healing personally in my life that I want to share um, this afternoon um, was when I actually broke my foot playing football. Uh, we were youth leaders at the time, Pete and Rachel were our youth leaders, and uh, we were leading football that meant can I go and play football yeah you can just make sure no one kills each other all right mate thank you so we were leading football I was actually leading football with um, Esther's brother Timmy and uh, it was one of those where um, Tim went right on my foot and it's one of those where you know straight away I've definitely done something here so we had to leave Friday night youth and left the leaders a little bit short and head up to A&E and um, they confirmed that I'd broken a metatarsal uh, bone in your foot so I had, uh, at the time I was 16, it was my first year of A-levels, and uh, I had two exams on the Monday, so I broke my foot on the Friday night, at the weekend, and on the Monday, um, I felt really prepared for these exams. I'd like revised, I'd made notes, I'd got wallpaper that I'd written on the back of and stuck it up on my, my wall, I knew what I was doing, and um, I, had to, I had to wait until everyone else had gone into the hall 
And then I had to go in last on my crutches because they deemed it that I'm, someone might knock me over as they go in. And uh, I'm clumsy at the best of times. On this, this was the longest walk I have ever done in front of about 120 of my peers who were all like 15, 16, 17. And uh, I managed to put my crutch on someone's foot and they shouted out the top of their voice in this silent exam hall. Then I knocked my pencil case off the top of my desk with my crutches. And everybody was just looking at me. I've never gone so red in my life before. I was a bit all over the place. And I absolutely fluffed that first exam. Uh, I then had to go into like a private room with a tutor and sit down and wait because all the other kids were going in another room that I couldn't get to because it was upstairs. And so I just about scraped a pass in my second exam on the Monday. My next exam was due to be on the Wednesday, so I had the Tuesday off. And I went to see my tutor and said, look, that, that was just, I've messed that up because of the prep and the way that I went into the hall. So next time, can I go in first, which would have been logical to me anyway, uh, and just sit and then everyone else can come in. And, and he sort of agreed, that's absolutely fine. Tuesday night, I get a phone call from Pete. Uh, Pete and the other youth leaders were all meeting down at Calvary Now Arise. They'd had this sort of monthly youth prayer meeting. And um, they felt really called to pray for healing. So I had a phone call that night and they prayed for me over the phone. I wasn't in the building with them. And I had a really hot sensation, like a tingling feeling over the top of my foot. Um, and I looked down, and all I can explain is, like, over the time they were praying for, like, three or four minutes, it was quite a long prayer, I felt I could see the swelling and the bruising on my foot reducing, um, and it went to kind of like a redness rather than a bruise. So Pete said, can, can you, has, has anything changed? And I said, I think so, keep praying. So he kept praying, and um, I eventually managed to walk down the stairs without my crutches, and walked straight outside to kick a football. <laughs> this was a broken metatarsal, <laughs> and I was in no pain at all. Um, you can imagine my college tutor's face when I went to see him on Wednesday morning and said, oh, I don't need to go in the hall first. It's okay. It's all sorted. And um, th that actually led to a really cool time with our Christian Union at King Ed's. I helped run the Christian Union at the time there. Um, Lydia's sister, Hayley, was part of that as well. Um, and... We, it just felt really fresh and really cutting edge. We ended up being called into the principal's office and we said that we had to stop offering to pray for people because we actually saw healings out on the street in Stourbridge as a result of all this. I know God has healed me in many other ways in my life. Sometimes I, I personally find it really easy to slip into like negative thought patterns or develop a bad attitude towards something. And God has healed me of a bad attitude time and time and time again. Now, to, to frame all of those stories. There have been many more times that I prayed for people and they haven't been healed miraculously than the other way around. It's easy to feel that our prayers for healing sometimes don't work. Um, God isn't supposed to be a magic genie, a, a wish-granting genie who always does exactly what we want. But he does promise to never leave us nor forsake us. He promises that he knows what is best for us that he works all things to the good of those who love him. Your answer to prayer may not be the answer that you're looking for right now. And if you do have questions about unanswered prayer, I haven't got time to go into that this afternoon, but there's a really great book by a man called Pete Grieg. Uh, Pete Grieg is the founder of 24-7 Prayer in the UK. 
uh, and he's written a book called God on Mute. I'd really encourage you to go and read that. There's another guy called Tyler Stanton who um, runs prayer, a 24-7 prayer in America. I'm currently working through one of his books, which is Pray Like Monks, Live Like Fools. It's very good. It's very good. So it's well worth a read. On if, you, if you're struggling with that topic, as every single Christian has struggled with that topic, I'd encourage you to go and read those or even check out the YouTube bits. We did uh, one of Pete Grieg's series about unanswered prayer through our life groups recently, and that was really, really helpful. Just rest assured that God does heal. Faith means that we put our trust in God, and that is especially powerful when sometimes we feel unheard and we still choose to put our trust in God. God does hear you. God is closer than a brother. God knows the number of hairs on your head. and We just need to trust him. In the Bible, we have the perfect example of the person Jehovah Rapha when we look at Jesus. He was the fulfillment of the Old Testament and a perfect mirror to the story of Exodus. He's bringing us modern-day Christians into our promised land, which is eternity with him. During Jesus' ministry, he performed many, many miracles in the name of God. Too many to list this afternoon. But he healed people physically, emotionally, spiritually. Jesus showed he was what the Bible calls the great physician who heals the sick. In Galilee, Jesus went from town to town, healing every disease and sickness among the people. In Judea, large crowds followed him and he healed them there. In fact, it says in the book of Mark, Wherever he went, into villages, towns, or the countryside, they placed the sick in the marketplaces. They begged him to let them touch even the edge of his cloak, and all who touched it were healed. Not only did Jesus heal people physically, he also healed them spiritually by forgiving their sins, the things that would disconnect us from God. Luke 5, verse 2. Every day, in every way, Jesus proved himself to be Jehovah Rapha in the flesh. In Mark 2, we see how much Jesus wants to heal us spiritually, forgiving our sins and bringing us into new life with him. This is Mark 2, verses 1 to 5. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers, there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through the the ceiling. I can imagine the person that owned the house was pretty annoyed at this point. They lowered the mat that the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. I love that story. Because there's a paralyzed man on the floor, and what you're expecting Jesus to say is, get up and walk. First thing he says is, son, your sins are forgiven. In the next verse, Jesus did go on to physically heal the man. He said to him, get up and walk, as people were were chastising him and saying, who's this man to be able to say these things? But this man, Jesus, was Jehovah Rapha in the flesh. Church, I'm going to wrap up in a moment. The band are going to come up and, and play. But what I do want to do this afternoon is give you the opportunity to know this Jesus for the very, very first time. This person who was the very embodiment of Jehovah Rapha. So if you would not class yourself as a Christian, if you're sitting here thinking, oh, I think I want to start this journey. My heart's beating a bit quicker 
more than more than normal. Um, I would love to pray for you. We'll say that prayer, and then we're going to open up the front just down here for anyone who wants to be prayed for. Maybe you're struggling with a sense of anxiety like I was a couple of years ago. We want to pray for you here at the front. We, we're not going to promise anything, but we do know that we serve a good God, and we would love to pray with you. Maybe if you're struggling with something physically, maybe you could come and share that with somebody at the front, and we would love to pray for you. If you've got a family member who is sick or ill, they don't have to be here in person. I was on the end of a phone. You can come to the front and, and speak to one of us, and we would gladly pray for you right here. So as the band come up, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. This prayer is for maybe someone who is feeling like they, they want to know this Jesus for the first time. They, uh, maybe you're someone who wouldn't say you're a Christian, but maybe you want to make that step this afternoon. So let's pray. Lord God, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you love me so much that you came to this earth and died for me. Lord, I've got so many questions. I don't understand all of this stuff. But I know that I, I want to know more. Lord, please come and help me. Please come and be with me. Please come and live in my heart. And thank you that because I ask, you have permission to come into my life. Lord, thank you that you're my saviour. Thank you that you're my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. I just ask everyone to keep their head bowed for a moment. And if you are someone who's maybe said that prayer for the first time this evening, I would love you to do an incredibly brave thing and just look up and make eye contact with me. We would love to pray with you. We don't want to embarrass you. We'd love to pray with you and put a Bible in your hand and help you with your next few steps. Amen. Amen. Lord, I pray this afternoon that you would be Jehovah Rapha to us. Lord, I pray that you would come right now and heal us. For those of us in here who, who are sick in our bodies, who have something that we want to get rid of that's, that's plaguing our health, Lord, right now, you have the power to remove that thing. Lord, maybe we've come in this afternoon feeling like the weight of the world is on our shoulders. Maybe we've come in with a sense of anxiety. Maybe we've even been diagnosed with some mental health things. Lord, you can break that right now. You are Jehovah Rapha. Lord, we believe in you. There's a prayer on the, on the screen that you might want to pray right now, church. Dear God. I know that the first step in all spiritual healing is to believe. I believe. I open my mind and heart, believing in your infinite power and possibility. I believe that healing is a dynamic and reachable experience, a reality that can be experienced right now. I maintain a patient and loving attitude, for I believe that your healing activity is now at work in my mind and body. I look forward with joyful expectation to the perfect wholeness that you are now bringing into manifestation through me. I believe in your constant expression of perfect good in and through me. I rest in the certainty of your healing power. I know that with you, all things are possible. In the name of Jesus Christ, everybody said, Amen. Amen. The front here is going to remain open. I'm going to move the big table out of the way. If you feel like you need someone to pray for you, this is your opportunity right now. We are here. We want to pray. We're going to sing and worship God. And, and if that's you, you feel like you need to come to the front for prayer, we would love to pray with you. Bless you.
praise the hallelujah in the presence of my enemies I raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief I raise a hallelujah my weapon is melody I raise a hallelujah heaven comes to fight for me and I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm louder and louder you're gonna hear my praises roar up from the ashes hope will Hope will arise. Death is defeated. The key. 
thanks again for listening. To hear more of our messages, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast channel for past preachers. If you feel like you got something out of today's message, why not share it with your friends and spread the good news of Jesus? We are praying for you. We love you. So please, if you need anything at all, check out springschurch.co.uk. God bless. My